All right, you're now tuned in to the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 303, Clips Eats Crow on James Harden and Jalen Brunson. The Lakers are in the trade market, but is it going to be DeJounte Murray or is it going to be two cats from Brooklyn? The Clippers are finally clicking and winning a few games. The Detroit Pistons are not. And finally, Ja is back, and the Memphis Grizzlies are winning ball games. It's the follow through with Clips and Drew. Drew, kick that intro music. What up, podcast world? What's up, everybody? You know what it is. You know where you're at. It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 303. It's been a minute, Drew. Merry Clipsmas and happy Drew year to everybody. We've had yeah. a busy, busy schedule. We've had holiday schedule. Drew's been gone as usual. <laughs> I finally got to go home for a few days, chill with the family. Uh, the doctor allotted me. I'm not allowed to drink for the next three months, but I told him, I said, it's Christmas. I'm going to, I'm going to have some cocktails with my family. He gave me three days <laughs> and I used all three of those days, Drew. I had a blast with my family. Nice. Um, but when that ha- happens, I didn't get to watch a lot of basketball. I made sure I was present for uh, <laughs> the, Cl- the Clippers the night before uh, Christmas Eve happened. And yep. then the Christmas day games, what happens is I, I got the first game. There's going to be a lot of eating crow on this show too, Drew. Just want to bring this up. I'm going to eat crow on a couple people. We got to see uh, Jalen Brunson drop 50, which was awesome. I'm going to eat crow on Jalen Brunson because I didn't think this was going to work out in New York. I don't think Drew uh, was on board for this either. We couldn't realize how much money this guy was going to make on this team, and he's absolutely been phenomenal. Jalen Brunson, I'm going to be the leader of all-star voting, which we're going to do. Hopefully, Drew, I need a couple more couple more weeks to put in mm-hmm. our all-star votes maybe okay. maybe two more weeks um so i got to see that game i got to see uh golden state and denver which we'll talk about but then we got into to boston lakers and my boy mo came over he like he always does all every christmas brings the family over he ends up taking me to his crib so i could see his family and something about momo and his family is his sister aaron makes the best freaking old fashions you will ever have in your life and next thing you know, I'm f- three or four old fashions deep. I'm running the whole Christmas party over at Mo's <laughs> house. <laughs> so I was, I, I really wasn't present for the rest of those games. But first thing first, Drew, how was your Christmas? Yeah, I'm doing good. Christmas was really enjoyable. Um, you know, we we split it between my family and my wife's family. So we went up, uh, had the Christmas morning up in Oxnard with. Uh, my wife's family and then drove down in the middle of the day so i also missed like the first portions of those first two games so like the second half of the warriors nuggets game where denver was able to pull it out even though steve kerr wasn't happy about it and then i did finally settle in you know with my family we got we got to the house i think it was probably around two o'clock so we watched the lakers celtics matchup uh in a disappointing loss for the Lakers but actually like kind of I don't know they started the game so bad I thought it was gonna be one of those Christmas Day blowouts that happens um and uh turned out to be a little bit better match than than I think even Boston expected for it to be uh but still a loss we came back down pretty big and and were able to make it interesting 
but yeah, man, my Christmas was really good. I, I didn't get, get to watch as much basketball as I wanted to because then we ended you know driving home from my parents' house, getting home, and then trying to turn on the the Suns and the and the uh, Mavericks game was like how I ended my day um, in the back end of that game. But um, I wish I was in a happier mood as a Lakers fan. Right now, the Lakers are not. <laughs> Not so hot after that, you know, championship, quote unquote, championship that we won in the in-season tournament. Things have not looked great since then. So uh, although Christmas was nice for me, I think as Lakers fans everywhere, we're probably a little disappointed uh, in what we've seen that day. And then even, you know, moving backwards uh, last few games, we're we're like we're won two of our last seven after winning that in-season tournament over Indiana. So not great. But, uh, you know, Christmas is always nice. So I, I did have a nice time, generally speaking, at the honey baked ham for uh, for dinner Same. christmas Same. dinner uh so freaking delicious i love that my mom makes her own glaze too wow which makes it even better so incredible have, oh it was great you know you brought it up you think the in-season tournament is kind of like now like getting the cover of nba 2k or whatever it is like the <laughs> is it nba 2k or is it the nfl game where where madden. people get the, cover? the madden yeah, curse madden? <laughs> yeah the madden curse that's a yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I will see if the Lakers, you know, continue on this path. We'll definitely say that winning the in-season tournament might not be the best thing for your team. Uh, but, you know, early days, we we finally gave LeBron some rest over the last couple of weeks. Like he's been sitting, I think AD sat one or two games. And uh, mostly it's been really, really poor play from D'Angelo Russell. Austin Reeves is doing better. Was had a really good month of December, but, you know, slipped a couple of times in some of these games. Um and really, it's our our just our general offensive capabilities are struggling. Uh, when LeBron is able to play, we obviously are a better team. We're, we're we're able to score more when he's out there, of course. But right now, we're just we're struggling to find people that are making shots for us, uh, and that's led to a lot of trade rumors. I mean, for those that are Laker fans or just NBA fans, you've probably seen a lot of things flying around on social media about like, oh, the Lakers are going to go get Zach Levine. Oh no, it's going to be. Uh, DeJounte Murray now, uh, and a lot of these trades are, in, are somewhat seem to be including Austin Reeves in them, which the whole I think the whole point of signing D'Angelo Russell to the contract that we did was that he should be the one that's included in these deals. But his level of play right now is uh, making that difficult for other teams to find any sort of interest in trading for D'Angelo Russell. So, you know, I at the beginning of the the preseason, like right around free agency time, I had a whole list of like five or eight shooters that I would have loved the Lakers to sign in free agency, none of which we landed. Um, and so I think we're still in that same boat, you know, even though we had, you know, a pretty good we've had some good runs over the course of this year. We're still sitting like 500 we're 16 and 15. So it's not it hasn't been a great season by any means and i still desperately want a shooter on our team we're still one of the worst teams in the nba in three-point makes three-point percentage uh and that's not going to change just by like waving a magic wand over this exact roster like these guys are what they are uh some of them can get hot you know but you know when, especially in the last couple games when we're not starting either russell d'angelo russell nor austin reeves we started that christmas day game with cam reddish and torian prince and uh, Vanderbilt, LeBron, and and AD, and like that's there's just like no offense there, right? <laughs> there's, th there's three guys out there that don't really score the ball, so we're desperate. We're desperate for scoring, um, and I don't know what the trade is, but this does feel very much like, especially in Lakers history, this is when we make a move is right around this time. 
So I'm I'm hopeful that we make a move that is beneficial, that gives us either shooting or scoring or both without giving up Austin Reeves if possible. But it doesn't seem like that might be the case. Well, a few things. You know, Austin Reeves needs to be back in the starting lineup. That's just Well, what... one of them has to start. If you're one... not going to start D'Angelo Russell, then Austin has to be in the starting lineup. I mean, and Reeves has been playing more, you know, fourth quarter minutes, obviously. Like, that's been kind of the case even even with him coming off the bench in the fourth quarter. D'Lo sits and Reeves plays. But it's like, I don't know what kind of message you're sending. Like, obviously, D'Angelo's play has not been good, so send him to the bench. That's great. Austin Reeves has had a great month of December. We need a fucking point guard. Put him in the starting lineup again. Let's see what happens. And And... You know, eventually the lineup got there, but I just, I, it's when you're starting a lineup where no point guard, you know, obviously LeBron can bring the ball up or whatever, but no point guard. And then you have Cam Reddish, Torian Prince, and Jared Vanderbilt. Those three guys are not hitting shots at all either. So it's just like, where, where is the scoring going to come from? That one seemed a little bit of a head scratcher to me. Um, but yeah, Austin Reeves needs to be starting or D'Angelo needs to be starting. One of those two. Well, you know, D'Lo had those. You know, he started off the 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 season really well. Yeah, and we we all knew that that was going to stop at, at one point. And then Rui, all the Rui buzz has kind of cooled off too. Yeah. Vando on defense is is something you really like. Cam Reddish has been great on defense, but yeah, a trade needs to happen. And you mentioned about the D'Lo. D'Lo, you're you're trading for the D'Lo contract, not yeah. necessarily D'Lo to come to your team and like uh, change the culture of the organization. You're trading for that contract. But it seems as far as assets go for the Lakers is people are going to want Austin Reeves, yeah. right? Now, Rui is something nice to look at. Vando is somebody that people would really like. I'm not necessarily sure if he if, – is he allowed to get traded now? I think we brought that up a couple pods I ago. I don't think Vando can get traded this year. I don't think so. I'm, okay. But maybe 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 it's a January 15th deadline for him. But uh, Rui is now trade eligible. Austin Reeves trade eligible. D'Lo trade eligible. I think I, – I think – if Vanderbilt's going to be eligible, it'll be coming up in the next couple of weeks. But I don't think he, he's trade eligible this year. So the rumors that you know the Lakers are interested in, you already mentioned a couple of them, but all of them aren't aren't sexy to me, and they're not game changers. Mm -hmm. You know, again, it it sounds like if we can make a remix of Drew every single every single year we've done this show, asking the Lakers to get a shooter, like yeah. we would have a, a mixtape for real. This is all mm -hmm. you've been asking for. For seven seasons with us, six seasons, however many long we have. Yeah. And, and all the, the trade scenarios that I'm hearing, like you brought up DeJounte. Now, I like DeJounte Murray, but that's mm -hmm. not going to – I don't think that – I like I like DeJounte. Yeah. But I don't think that's going to change shit for you guys. And I, I'm not necessarily – I don't like the fit. I don't think that's a really good fit playing with LeBron. And then you bring up, okay, Zach Levine. And, like, things have cooled off on that too. The yeah. injury stuff, the money – uh, what you would have to get up to make up that money, which would have to be Austin Reeves. It would have to be uh, Rui and somebody else. And then like today it was leaked that, uh, you know, Lakers are going to be interested in Dorian DFS, Dorian Finney-Smith, and possibly uh, who was the other one, Drew? Was Royce O'Neal. Royce O'Neal, right? And I, I, I like that. If it's D'Lo, you're giving up, I mean, sending D'Lo back to Brooklyn, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and if you got two players back for that, like I kind of like it, but it's a, it, it's still not a game changer for you. Right. So th this is where Polinka and the front office really need to come in and see what's out there. Mm -hmm. There's nobody like who are the sellers right now? And obviously the sellers are going to be the Pistons, but there's nobody on the Pistons that is going to be the shooter that you want. Unless Bogdanovich, Bogdanovich, right? Who's going to come at a high ticket? And that high ticket, you know, again, is probably going to be Austin Reeves. And uh, I think I I just don't think Polinka because. 
Reeves is like the the savior right now. It's a fan favorite. You did this with Caruso, and maybe it's the white boy thing and whatnot, but you got rid of Caruso. He ends up being something great in Chicago. Um, you piss off a lot of Laker Nation, I think, if you got rid of Reeves, because you know, you get the kids are rocking the Reeves jerseys. And you know, the things the thing that's that's tough, you know, is in that Boston game, first of all, let me say the the, the Celtics smacked the shit out of the Clippers by 40. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the Kawhi didn't play, but we'll talk about the Clippers soon. And then uh you, you know, they beat the Lakers and AD had a fab- fabulous game, 40 yeah. points and whatnot. So when AD's getting 40 points and you're still getting an L, that's the that's the problem, right? Yes. And so th- that off season where we were, we, it looks so sexy, right? We got Gabe Vincent where you're bringing in, you're re-signing Reeves, you're getting Cam Reddish, you're getting Jackson Hayes, you're getting Christian Wood. All of those seem sexy on paper for all of, for us and for Laker Nation involved mm-hmm. too. But now it's like, okay, Gabe Vincent's out. Probably, I, I, I don't even know when Gabe Vincent's going to play, if he's going to play this season. Seriously. Yeah, there's a chance that he goes into surgery for uh, whatever knee thing is going on. And, I think he already be, had it, Drew. He's out. I don't, know if it's, I don't know if he's had it or not, but the last I heard is that he was considering it. And if he did, it's six to eight weeks minimum before he's back. I think he did it, Drew. I could be totally wrong, but I, I'm pretty sure that he did the surgery. So it's going to be eight weeks. But like we can't even talk talk about Gabe Vincent. Yeah, you know? that's been a big that's been a big miss for us. Like, mm-hmm. had we decided to instead of sign Gabe Vincent, like offer Schroeder another contract back, who did so well for us last season and has in the past, even though like I I've had my ups and downs with Schroeder as as most of Laker Nation has as well. But yeah, that would have been maybe a wiser signing. I still like Seth Curry, man. Like, I, and I know you know he's had injury problems too, but like. That's the one that like Gabe Vincent, we gave him a contract. It's, it's not crazy money, three years, $33 million. But like he needed to really show up and be that third guard for us. And I think this would have been a great opportunity where D'Lo is not playing so good. They want to keep Austin on the bench, bring in Gabe Vincent. Like the, that's that's would have been a, a huge piece to our roster. And even though he's not a great three-point shooter, he's a good point guard and would do just fine. I think playing alongside LeBron is catch and shoot three points. Uh, shots are pretty efficient, I think, overall. So uh, that's a big miss for us right now. And that's one that I do think, you know, you're saying like it looks sexy on paper. I, I still think it looks good. <laughs> it's just like he hasn't been himself. Clearly, he's had some sort of like nagging injury here now. Um, so we don't I don't know. You're right. He might not even play at all this year. It could be like one of those Kendrick Nunn seasons that we had a couple years oh, back boy. where it's like, oh, that Kendrick Nunn. Where's he? Years. Where's Kate? Where's Kate Nunn at right now? No idea. None. None. None idea. <laughs> none your business. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know where Kendrick Nunn is, but it seems like it might have that kind of, you know, ending to this year for Gabe Vincent in a, in a position where we desperately needed him. I mean, if you remember how good we were with Schroeder on the team last year, we ran a lot of three guard sets with him, uh, Reeves and, um, uh, and Delo at times out there uh, in, in in the end of last season uh, to somewhat of a success. I mean, it certainly helped our offense. And that's the thing, obviously, that I wish we could – We if we're going to make this trade, we're going to make some trades here. Like, why can't we target, like, Doug McDermott? As as stupid as that might sound to some no, people. No, it's not. It's not. It's not stupid. Like, he would, he would just have open threes. Mm-hmm. That he like, what's Luke Kennard doing right now? Can we get mm-hmm. Luke Kennard right? Like, where's where's Joe Harris right? Can Joe Harris join the team? Uh, you know, there's a lot of like decent little shooters. Bogdanovich is a great one. Like, hey, to, we, why are you picking all the white boys, Drew? 
oh, that just happens to be who the shooters are that are available. That like, because Cam Johnson, I would love Cam Johnson, but he's too expensive, right? He, we don't have enough right. money for Cam Johnson. But right. the Bogdanovich contract, like if if Detroit wanted Hachimura, for instance, if we gave him like Hachimura and a uh, second rounder for Bogdanovich and get Bogdanovich out of that miserable shithole of basketball existence in Detroit, Bogdanovich would be perfect on our team, right? He can score on his own. He's a decent three-point shooter, but he's also like a playmaker. He's good size. Uh, he can play decent defense. He's obviously not going to be like a huge plus on the defensive end, but we don't need more defense. We have a pretty good defensive squad. It's all about the offense. So like that's, you know, those are some of the guys that I would love for us to like just check on before we have to go all in and some, you know, big money move for Levine or, uh, you know, some of the other DeJounte Murray, uh, you know, these those guys are more of the same in my in my opinion. Zach Levine is it would be fine, really. On it, I mean, because we need a scorer, and he would be fine. But it doesn't seem like that's going to go down because they want Reeves. We don't want to give up Reeves for for Zach Levine. But anyway, there are shooters out there. There's scorers out there that I think we can be smart with, strategic with, without having to give up too much, without having to give up, ideally, without having to give up Austin Reeves, uh, that we should be looking <laughs> to make a, a move for before you know, kind of, you know, uh, giving up on a, on a kid who's very young and shows a lot of promise. What if Clippers offered you bones and T and PJ for Rui? That just came to my head. I mean, you're looking for, you're looking for shooters. Bones can get loose. I don't, I still don't understand why bones yeah. isn't getting off the bench for us. Like this poor guy, this is where this poor guy killed in preseason Spirit super high, and he is still super high uh, for the Clippers right now, as far as like on the bench and his engagement and whatnot. But man, like w when we were finally beating uh, the Hornets the other night, there was like 15 seconds left, and Bones is getting off the bench. He was going to get put in, and I'm like, dude, this is just bullshit. If I'm Bones, would be Bones is probably so pissed, and he deserves to be in a place to get loose. Same with PJ. PJ is getting a DNP every single night. Like mm -hmm. obviously, I think these guys aren't playing because they're probably going to be moved, right? They're trying to not get injured, not get them injured. They're not fitting into this rotation or whatnot. But I could use a dude like Rui on, on, on the squad. What do you think about that? That yeah. still wouldn't answer your, answer your problems, though, right? That's the or thing. It's like more of what we have, I think, if, if we get that. Like, you know, if you – this is the thing. is like if you have who's – your, who's your best three-point shooter? Kawhi probably right now? shit Kawhi's on a whole nother level i mean him yeah. and norm him and norm are doing really well right you like norm powell is a guy that i would trade at jamar for yeah but we wouldn't we probably wouldn't that that wouldn't be feasible for us because norm's been great i get i look, agree I, I think at the at the end of the day what it is too with with the lakers and 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 laker nation needs to look at is you're on lebron clock right now it's not going to be this stupid okay let's get dorian finney smith in here nah dude it needs to be a move because he's, you know, LeBron's on the clock. And if you've noticed, man, I've seen LeBron go down three times this year, mm -hmm. like three times with some bullshit injuries and he's fighting through it. But like, I, I don't know, man, uh, it, it's coming really close to a two week, you know, LeBron being out two weeks or you know, and I'm not jinxing. I'm knocking on wood, too. Mm -hmm. But he probably wants a splash. Right. And I just don't know what the market is right now, because if 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 the Pistons had somebody that you liked, it'd be, they're the only selling team right now. No. The Lakers don't have enough so assets. For the, Pascal. The, the dream scenario. And I've worked this out a little bit in the trade machine and we'll get into where I, I mean, this idea can't stem from watching the warriors lose to the nuggets, but Utah, I think is going to be a seller. 
And they've recently, or I don't know if they've confirmed this or not, but they've relaxed on their stance on trading Larry Markinett. So if I had, you know, the unicorn, right, is give me, you know, Larry Markinett and fucking Colin Sexton or something like that for Hachimura and D'Lo, because Utah, like in that instance, Utah is taking the contract to have more space and, and to be a bad team again. And it like try and build up again, or even John Collins. I, I mean, John Collins has been playing like Dookie. I don't think he's been playing very well for Utah. Uh, but you know, if it's if it's marketing and and Sexton or or John Collins or one of those guys that we can make the money work, that I think could be an ideal scenario. Like I would love Laurie Markinen on the Lakers. Right, big guy. He that we don't lose any size. He's a knockdown three point shooter. There, there, that there's a a stretch, you know, four or five. He can play alongside Anthony Davis. He can spell LeBron, like if we need LeBron to rest for a night. Like that's just a dream scenario. Um, so I don't know what Utah would want for that, but if we could snag Laurie Markinen, that would be like my my ideal scenario. I just don't see Ainge making a move for the Lakers to trade their all-star in the same conference. You know what I mean? That's why it is a dream. I don't, and I think Laurie can command more than just that you know like how many people want Rui people wanted Rui last year when he was hot as hell but right you know I just I I, I what's crazy too is teams aren't purposely tanking right now there is no Wembo in this next draft yeah like this would all be okay for Detroit right now if if Wembo was in the in this draft you know what I'm saying but he's yeah. not, and I'm not necessarily, and Cooper's not in this one. And like, you just, there's nobody right now that we know of. There's obviously going to be all-stars in this draft coming out. There will be really good basketball players, but there's nobody super special to where it'd be like, all right, we'll get rid of these guys to lose more basketball games. So I'm, I'm going to be really interested to see who the trade is because a trade has to be made. Now the pressure's on. That's all that we're talking about. And Pat Bev said it on his pod, which was great. He's like, look, man. If you got an expiring contract and you're not playing well, you are on Twitter 24-7, and he's like, I've been there. You're looking at the trade scenarios, the trade machines, what people are saying. So D'Lo, who hasn't been playing well, who's also been hearing he's going to get traded the whole season, Yep, that's part of it. That's part of the Russell, the Russell syndrome, right? Once – once the Lakers and the fans were over Russell, that's all it was. We're like, let's trade, trade, trade him. So how do you get motivated to come out there and hoop? Because at the beginning of the year, D'Lo was hooping. You know, we're like, damn, he's, he's looking pretty damn good. And he was saying all the right stuff, you know? Yeah. I just I just don't know who's going to want D'Lo. You know, who wants Zach Levine right now? Like, nobody's willing to give the bag for Zach Levine, which is a damn shame because Zach is, is is extremely talented and he could be the best player on a basketball team. Mm -hmm. But people learned from Paul George, the Paul George trade, from the Rudy trade and all that, that we can't give the whole bag for these guys. So, and most, most fans, Laker fans, will tell you, well, it's going to be whoever LeBron wants, right? And... Maybe that's true, but I like the Doug McDermott thing. I do like that because I, I wanted him out on the Clippers, true. Right. Uh, too. And the price is right, most likely, right? I don't even know how much he makes, but it, it can't be more than, what, $10 million, $11 million maybe? Right. That's the hardest part about trading with the Spurs right now is we have no idea what the fuck Popovich is doing and what they want, right? But, like, that could be a Gabe, Gabe Vincent trade. Like, that's how easy that could be. 
Like, you know, I think their money is pretty similar to McDermott and Vincent. And they can say, okay, cool. We have now we have a point guard, right? That's, I mean, but who knows if they're ever going to play him, right? Like, you know, the, the whole Sochan, Sohan point guard, you know, thing that's going on with, with San Antonio has been so weird. And they have Trey Jones down there. Like, you know, they're still not playing him as much. But like that could be a potential trade for for Dougie McBuckets. Uh, and I think he would do very well for us. I mean, really, like the the one piece that's always been missing from this Lakers organization, unfortunately, was was when we lost KCP. <laughs> and I never I never thought I would be missing Contavious Caldwell Pope as much as I am missing him now. But my God, this team could really use that guy. And he's fitting in beautifully with Denver, as you might expect. But LeBron has always had one reliable shooter on any um, pretty much all of his championship contending like finals appearance teams right whether that be ray allen or kyle corver or you know, kcp for the lakers like you know there we have lebron does better when there's spacing on the floor and right now that that clearly needs to be addressed um lebron's teams do better when they're spacing on the floor and, and we just don't have good spacing because nobody wants to shoot a three <laughs> nobody wants to shoot a three uh, and nobody, and when they do, it's like a, it's kind of like a prayer. Every time a three goes up and the Lakers shoot it, I'm kind of like, Oh, is it going to go in? Oh uh, no, shit. It's all, it's, it's gone. But you know, we, we got, we're good on the offensive rebounds, good enough to like still be 16 and 15. Um, but yeah, man, there's definitely going to be developments here. I, I, I do get a little nervous because this is when the Lakers go crazy. So I'm just hopeful that it's not another Russell Westbrook trade where we, we like that's to your point about DeJounte Murray, a lot of rumors about DeJounte. It feels like that would be another version of a Russell Westbrook trade. Like not to say that DeJounte isn't a good player and is not, he's not the same exact player as Russell Westbrook. I think he has a much better jump shot than Russ does, but I don't think he's the answer. Now he, he can score. Certainly he certainly can score and his three point shots. Nah, all right. It's okay. Um, but you know, that's, I don't, that wouldn't be my preference. Obviously. I I'm kind of with you on that though. It seems like that's where it's going to go. Cause mm -hmm. it's not, it's obviously not working too well in Atlanta. They really thought that backcourt was going to be something and it just doesn't work. It's not a good mix. Maybe, you know, maybe DeJounte needs an opportunity like this to come play with Braun. I mean, we know this guy doesn't party, doesn't drink, doesn't do any of that. He's a gym rat. Uh, he had remember that 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 uh, summer stuff. Was it last summer? He was just acting really weird. Mm -hmm. um, but he could maybe maybe that'll be the one if the price is right. Again, too, if you can finagle a Dejounte Murray for a second round pick and a Rui or something like that, then yeah, I mean you got to right. do it if that's the best offer out there. So yeah, I'll um, just mention too, like we had I had some thoughts on. Um... Charlotte, like we're, so we're the the Lakers are their next game is against Charlotte, and like there's Terry Rozier right there on that team. Like, how much would it be to get Terry Rozier on our squad? That would be a huge uplift for us right there. That's that's the kind of guy that you know, even though he's not like a dead in the wool three point shooter, he's a scorer. He's a slash. He's kind of like Schroeder, right? Except not not nearly as good on defense, but he's fine on defense. Uh, Gordon Hayward is on that team. He's a good three point shooter. You know, like. Like there's it, Landry Shamit. Like I think he's on the Wizards. Like let's trade him again. Let's get him in the record books. Let's trade him one more time. Uh, let's bring him over to the Lakers. Right? Like you know, I there's there's just options out there. It doesn't have to be so myopic and this like this focus on getting a big name. But that's mm -hmm. that's what we do as a franchise. I love the Terry. I love the scary Terry pick because he could still get buckets. Yeah. He's erratic at times. You know what I mean? Could be a black hole at times, especially now that Lamelo's not playing. I mean, you got to get buckets from somewhere. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> Terry would be a nice pickup. Um, 
we're going to see, man, because I, you know, there's so few of these guys available right now. And a lot of other teams are going to be super proactive as well. I'm concerned for the Clippers. I don't, I, there's been zero talk about us and what we're trying to get. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, because we don't really have our assets are bones and PJ at the moment, because we can't trade, you know, we're not going to trade any of our big four and Norman's too big for us right now. I mean, coffee, God, are we doing the Clipper talk already? <laughs> yeah, we, really we can move into it? Look, look, I'll just, I'll close the Lakers segment with like, we still have a lot of optimism. Anthony Davis is, is playing very, very well this year. He really is. And LeBron is as well. Austin Reeves up and down the rest of the, the rest of the squad has been a little up and down. Uh, but I still think there's optimism. Uh, if we can, if we can make a smart trade, we can definitely be in contention. Uh, or if, if some of these guys really start heating up, but that just doesn't seem realistic to think that, uh, you know, all these guys are going to be able to rally and start scoring more. Uh, it's possible, but I, it does feel like we need to inject some offense at some point. So that's where we're at with the Lakers. I'm hopeful that of a trade that doesn't blow up this, you know, this squad that we have, but a trade that's additive without taking too much away that gives us scoring and shooting. It's simple as that. I, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse. The, the horse is beaten into into the ground at this point for seven years of me requiring <laughs> requesting some goddamn shooting. So that's where the Lakers are. I'm hopeful that we'll have something, um, you know, in the next couple of weeks um, or. Um, or nothing, honestly. Like more than I, I'll, more than I want, like uh, the Lakers to trade for a, a piece. I'd rather do nothing and see if we can make something out of this team. Win all healthy. Like Rui's still dealing with his facial injury and all that shit. So, like, I'd rather instead of making a stupid trade for big money that doesn't work, I'd rather do nothing and see if we can't, you know, make something out of this season and and just like be. That like the 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 physical force uh, that that people have to try and go through and be defensive minded, uh, but that's let's move to the Clippers because I think you're a team that's that's worth talking about as well. <laughs> well, yeah, I hope so. Finally, you know, uh, eight and two in our last ten, things have finally. I know we haven't recorded in a few weeks, but shit, man, he had eight in a row, which was something really big for us. Yeah. We were going for. I think it was nine, or wasn't it nine? We got in a row? nine. We yeah. wanted the ten. Uh, we got we beat Dallas again, and then you know Kawhi. I saw, I saw what happened towards the end of that game, and he got a Charlie horse, got a knee from Grant Williams. If you've seen this guy's legs, like that shit hurts. And when Kawhi went down, yeah, I knew he was hurt. He was hobbling. He finished the game. It wasn't much longer left, but I knew that, and I was happy too. I'm like, finally, like Kawhi's gonna take a day off because this guy has been on an absolute tear this whole season. He's been been phenomenal. And, uh, you know, he missed two games. He missed three games. We, we got blown out with Boston. OKC beat us down. And, and, you know, I'm going to attribute that to a crazy road trip. You know, the legs, we, we've been on this emotional high, winning all these games, figuring things out. And, uh, you know, I mentioned at the beginning of the show about eating crow. Like, I'm going to eat crow on Jalen Brunson, which I'm fine with. And I'm fine with eating crow and admitting it when things are like, this is what it is. James Harden is working out for the Clippers. It really is. And things that I was thinking about was, you know, that comment he made about, I'm not a system player, I'm a system. And we were all upset about it. Me, uh, very upset about it because it made <laughs> absolutely no sense. And it's not what I wanted to hear as a Clipper fan. But now when you're watching them win and things are working, you're like, oh shit, he really is a system. Like it really is a system, dude. This guy facilitates so well. 
We're having this another dude on the team that can – I mean, he's bailed us out so many times with these step-back threes, the and-one threes, getting to the free-throw line. Him and Zub are really working out well, uh, finding Kawhi and PG in their spots, getting open looks from Norman Powell, having Russell come off the bench. We've been fabulous since Russell decided to, you know – swallow his pride and say, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll take the hit. I'll come off the bench. He's been nothing but solid energy. Uh, I, I, I compared him to a pit bull off his leash coming into games. And it's something, it's so true, man. And Russell, everything's just clicking. And um, we did get a victory against Charlotte, which thank God we got one because Brandon Miller ain't playing. LaMelo ain't playing. Yeah. And, you know, we were up 20 in that game and then they came back and came up too. Um, or Charlotte was up too. And the Clippers, we do have these lapses. There are things that are really pissing me off. Like, we don't keep our foot on the throttle a lot of these games. And a, a lot of the time when our foot's not on the throttle, we bring Russell in to, to like, accelerate and get shit right. Kind of like how we would bring Pat Bev in and stuff like that to make sure the defense is playing. But Tim Tim Legler said something on JJ's pod that made a lot of sense. And he, it was defensively from, from teams. And he's like, look, great teams – can turn it on defensively and change it. Like when you're down 10, 11, uh, and when you're losing grip of the game, good basketball teams can turn on defensively and, and, and write the ship and fix it. And that's what I've seen. I, I don't like going up 20 and then down 10 on games, but it, it, basketball is a game of runs just because you're up 25 in the first quarter, you know, it too. We see this every single mm -hmm. night, just because you're up 25 doesn't mean you're going to be up 25 the whole game. And, and basketball is a game of runs. Even if you're a bad basketball team, it happens. But it's about acknowledging those runs, tightening up, locking in, and doing the right things to win the basketball game. So what's crazy is, uh, you know, Charlotte went up 11 in that game. No, look, there's no excuse by losing by 40 to the Celtics. Okay? <laughs> but I will say it's an afternoon game. We all know the history of, of Clippers in, oh, in yeah. afternoon games. They're not good. But – I was so pissed off because I'm like, oh, shit, we're going to lose this game to the Hornets. Now we're going to hear it from the media. Oh, these guys aren't that good. I think Charlotte was up 10 at some point. And then it's locking in. And then all of a sudden, the game, we're up eight that quick. You know, if you lock in defensively, you get two stops, two threes, and and one, and and one three, you're back in the basketball game. So at the end of the day, I see now that there's a lot of potential with this team, man. Mm -hmm. There really is. Off defensively and offensively and key and Kawhi is the key to all of it. When you have a guy that's playing as great as Kawhi has been playing, um, that's our one a, and then our one B is, is PG. And then our one C is, is, is hardened. And when you have, you know, it's a good problem to have as long as everybody's on board. Harden's numbers haven't been jumping off the, the page, but, but no. it's those games when it's like, okay, 23, 11, yeah. And six. And also, dude, I'm going to, I'm God, I can't, I'm giving props. I'm going to give James Harden props this game. Cause another thing I'm noticing is, is the aggressiveness on defense. He's not the fastest dude in the world, but his hands are one of the quickest in the NBA. He's got great hands, amazing hands. And they're causing it's, it's causing disruption. And when you have legs in, in Terrence Mann and, and Russ and, and Coffee right now is playing a lot who can, you know, those those tips, those deflections turn in to fast break points, that means a lot. And you would add, I brought this up on so many times this season. You brought up in the beginning of the year, I want to see Kawhi rebound. I want to see yeah. Paul George rebound because we obviously need it. Plumlee's out. Zubak has been up and down. He's been much better uh, recently. But these guys are crashing the boards. James Harden's crashing the boards. And I just think, you know, 
a lot of the stuff Harden said is making sense now. I need 10 games. We need 10 games together. You got the 10 games. Everybody's figuring out their roles, and it's working, right? Minus so, the four. Kawhi hasn't played in the last three games yes. with that hip contusion. Do you think mm -hmm. this is actually like an uh oh moment? Like now we have a, na a nagging injury for him? No, I think, well, hip contusions, hip bruises, you know, those normally take, if you, we're not professional athletes, but they normally take two weeks, right? And I think <laughs> Kawhi, you know, he played 20, he played every game this season, yeah, right? Which, right? Which a lot of people aren't bringing up. He played 27 games. The hip was hurting him. We had, you know, he had to take a night off, which was the OKC game. We lose. Then we have the Boston game. We get smacked. I think he was fine to play in that Charlotte game coming back from Christmas on Tuesday. He was on the bench, looked per perfectly fine. But I think they wanted to be like, all right, chill. Like, let's yeah. get this one. Nobody's playing on Charlotte. Let's get more reps from Amir. We need to get Terrence Mann going, which I'm going to bring up something on that in a minute. But I also know that we have we have uh, Memphis on Friday, and Memphis we which we're going to talk about here in a sec too. I want to I want to just wrap things up really fast. So I think I think Kawhi is going to play tomorrow okay. on Friday. Uh, I will be I'll say this I'll be a little concerned if he doesn't. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll be a little concerned if he doesn't because uh, we we need to win that game. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a big game for us. I I think. Um, I think he's going to play. That's that's where I'm at. And I don't have any inside intel or not. But uh, really quick, I brought this up about a, a Visa Zubak a few weeks ago when Clipper Nation was just ripping him to shreds. Trade this guy. He should, this is yeah. why you shouldn't listen to casuals at all because Clipper Nation were just ready to throw in the towel on, Z, on Zubak, you know, our longest tenured Clipper. Okay, the only big man. We, you, would you rather have Tice starting in the games, guys? Like, what, what, what the hell do you want? Mm -hmm. All right. Um, and things have turned around with Zub because Zub and 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 Harden are putting in the extra effort in practice to work on that shit. All the shit I've asked for them to work on, they're working on it. Zub is way more aggressive around the rim. He's still God. I, I need him to spend one summer a fast. I need him with a fast twitch guru because this guy's vertical is horrible. Okay, <laughs> if this guy don't have a running start off two feet, there is go. You're getting nothing from him, but. Soft touch around the rim. He's catching those those slip passes that we were really concerned about uh, as soon as Harden came to town on that. Um, but we spent all offseason praising uh, Terrence Mann and not wanting to get rid of Terrence Mann because of his value to our team. And he's had some really bad games. He was 0 for 10 one night. He's not shooting the ball well. And Clipper Nation is just ready to get this guy out of here. And I'm, I'm not a big fan of that, man. I'm not. And I think it's fair to say Terrence is not playing well. This is not what we expected for him. But people just look at the at 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 the box score and be like, ah, you only had four points. Mm. You're missing everything else, man. You're missing the rebounds, the deflections, the stuff that Nico used to do for us. Sure, we need Terrence. If you're in the starting lineup, we need we need a little more out of you. But I'm not ready to throw in the towel on, on Terrence at all. Do you so based on that? I was going to ask you if you think it would have been wise to include Terrence in the trade for James Harden. Now looking back on it and trying to keep one of those wings that you gave up, keeping a Batum or a Covington or something like that, would you now going like looking back at what Terrence is currently, even though he's struggling, you think he's going to rebound off of that? Would you would you think it makes more sense to include him now and then and then you have Bones playing in that third guard spot? You have more time for Norm Powell, like. 
you know, it could have been an interesting inclusion. You would have more wing depth as well. I'm look, I was not happy when we got rid of, I still think we could have finagled Harden for in keeping one of, of Nico or Rocco. Um, in hindsight, it's always 2020, but no, I, I think we, I think we stuck to our guns. I'm more proud. The Clippers stuck to their guns and didn't trade Terrence. Cause we said he was off the market and we didn't, you know, gun to the head. We didn't, we didn't get rid of him. Like we said, we weren't going to get rid of him. And I think Terrence understands that. And Terrence is a great dude. He's a great locker room guy, gets along with everybody on the team. He brings a lot of value. I think it's more of, it's not from a skill standpoint on why um, Terrence isn't playing as, as good as he should. I think it's more of a confidence thing, you know? And I think that's going to come with more reps. And, you know, he was he the injury at the beginning of the year. I think he's still trying to figure out his role within this team, mm-hmm. you know, like, cause there's a, you're not going to get the rock a lot, but we need you to knock down the corner three. Cause you're going to be open. Kobe Brown, you're going to be open. And, and he can playing. do that. I mean, he, the, that's the thing about Terrence is like, it's not like it's never been there. Mm-hmm. Right. So this is where the hope the silver lining comes in here. It's like, oh, he's struggling right now. Mm-hmm. Why is he struggling? We don't know necessarily. Maybe it's confidence. Maybe there's some glitch he's working through with his with his release or something mm-hmm. like that on his jumper. Maybe with his, sh- his shooting coach, they're trying to get him that that quicker release or something like that is forcing it. it most likely, it's mental, right? Like most likely, it's like, oh, I have this opportunity. I'm going to be a part of this team. Coach believes in me. He's getting me the starting minutes and like probably trying to aim his shots. Like, please go in, please go in mm-hmm. instead of just letting it fly with confidence. Uh, but he's done it in the past. I mean, the guys had 40 point game that or 39 point game, the Terrence Mann game, which will go down in Clippers history a couple of years back. Uh, and, and in that season, he was, he was solid from three. He's not amazing, but he's been solid. So I think he, it can return too. I think, I think it can, but also like not everything needs to be a three pointer. Like slashing is a really right. big part of this basketball team. When you have passers, in players that command double teams, yeah. which is James Harden and, and, you know, Kawhi and PG, you got to be able to slash to the hoop and get the norm's been good at it. Norm is, is that was the first guy I was going to mention, not just with the ball though. I think this is the, maybe the crucial right. thing for Terrence is like move off the ball mm-hmm. and Harden will find you. Cause he ends up in these weird corners and doubles and people like attracting so much attention. Norm is great at just running right to the middle of the key when James Harden mm-hmm. gets trapped. And then having like an eight foot floater that he makes, you know, 70% of the time. So like there's there's room there to your point for Terrence to do the same. And I think he's maybe still trying to figure out where to be with those cuts. I think sometimes he's making baseline cuts where that's already occupied by the guy who's guarding Zub and that makes a tougher pass. He's got to be able to find that that free flowing middle space, like what look at the defense and find a gap right and then that's where the ball will be delivered almost all the time because james harden always has his head up so that's something he can definitely improve on no and i think he I, i'm right with you on that i'm just definitely not willing to or ready to throw in the towel on terrence it's still very early in the season and i think his time is coming and and Ty Lue believes in him too the one thing i'm i'm a little shocked i'm shocked at how many minutes kobe brown's getting like that's <laughs> I, I i am and i like him the guy the guy's so raw Right. Like that's the only thing that I can I, I can't compare his game to anybody else. It's just raw. Like he's uh he's uh, erratic and chaotic and he he's big and he and he runs fast, but he's like I I maybe it's his go, his motor is what Ty Lu really likes. But I, I know the guys have been picking on him because they want him to shoot the rock. And they when he gets the ball, they want him to shoot. So I yeah. think he's progressing well too. Um but you know, to, to put a bow on it, I'm, I'm impressed with the Clippers. 
and I'm impressed with James Harden. Yeah. And the media and everybody else, I guess me included too, somewhat, everybody's waiting for this, the, 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 the shoe to fall on this, right? Like something, everybody's waiting for this to fail and they, to, for James Harden to be the scapegoat and, or to be unhappy at some point. And I'm, I'm, I'm just happy with where everything's going. And again, it's Kawhi, dude. Like when this guy's playing out of his mind, the way that he's been playing, mm. um, it makes things so much easier. Yeah. So having Kawhi Leonard healthy and PG healthy is yeah. the key to all this and keeping Russell happy too, man. Cause yeah. you gotta have a, you gotta have him happy if he's going to lead our second unit. Um, and he's just been so fun to watch, man. Uh, Russell. Yeah. Included. I, and, and everyone seems to be backtracking on the initial thoughts on James Harden, including yes. like the most boisterous Bill Simmons, who thought it was the worst possible idea on the planet. Everyone seems to be backtracking with that caveat of like, I I was wrong, but I may not be wrong by the end of the year kind of deal. And I think the big thing to watch for with Harden is all-star. Uh, this is what happened in Philly last year. He played just like this. It was getting, I think he was leading the league in assists or close to it. Him and Halliburton kept going back and forth who was leading the league in assists last year. I think James actually ended up winning that, uh, the most most assists uh, in, a, in the season and, and highest assist average. But Doc Rivers came out and said uh, this this year, after, after being let go, that James Harden was a different guy after the All-Star break when he was not awarded an All-Star uh, uh, spot. Mm-hmm. And and then everything changed. He started to be a little bit more James James Harden centric, mm-hmm. uh, and I that's the thing that I'll be watching out for. Is like I hopefully like whatever thing that he has about All Star. I don't know if he's going to get an All Star. I'm not saying he shouldn't, but guard spots are just really difficult to get, especially if Luca is going to be a guard. Yeah. That really, if Luca Doncic is a guard, you're kind of fucked because <laughs> yeah, then there's more forward spots, uh, you know, but. Uh, anyway, I'm just, that'll be what I watch. I think that's something that you're probably aware of too. And, and I think the hope is, is that James Harden is comfort, uh, confident enough in himself and his accolades in the past that he doesn't have to worry about another Mm all-star on his rap sheet. He needs to be worried about a championship because that a championship and playing like this will be the biggest legacy that he could possibly achieve at this point, uh, uh, more so than just another all-star uh, number added up to the tally. So that that's what I'll be I'll paying attention to. I agree with you 100%. And it, there there has to come a time in everybody's career including James Harden where it's like, yo, this is it pretty much. This is your best chance right now. And we got you got to put all the accolades inside and whatnot. You you hear with the chatter. You heard from me, from everybody else that this shit ain't going to work, right? There's so much talent on this team and he's making everybody better. Let me just be very clear. Everybody yeah. is getting better with James Harden on the team right now. And his buckets are going to come. The numbers are going to be there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I don't I don't necessarily think that in the past he's had real alpha people that are going to hold him accountable. I think if that all-star shit uh, happens this year, you best believe that Russell's going to say something to him. Or PG or Kawhi is going to say, like, yo, we're not playing that shit this, this year. Mm-hmm. Or Russell be like, you're not going to be able to do that to us, dude. You know what I mean? Because I've sacrificed way too much to have you on the team and running the show. Like, you're in my position now. Right. So, I just – I and it, it seems to me, while James Harden might not say the stuff necessarily that we really want to hear, he's showing it on the court. So, as far as me eating crow right now, I'm eating. And I don't mind eating it because the team looks, looks ten times better. Mm-hmm. 
And, and it was exactly what he said. I need 10 games. I got to catch, you know, we, we got to have Russell get Russell on the bench. You're working out these kinks right now. And when we get Mason Plumley back at some point, which should be uh, relatively soon, um, because he's been, you know, it was a two month, he's going to be away two months. Tice has stepped in and done really well. We'll get another big in there, another lob threat for Harden. Yep. Because what we, if anything that we're lacking right now, it's rim protection and rebounding, offensive yep. rebounding in particular. Um, so I just want to go on record saying right now, at this point, December 29th, right now, December, is it the 28th? The 28th, right? 28th. Now, I'm completely happy with how we are trending as the Clippers are. Um, but I, I, I want to see. I'll be much happier if Kawhi plays on Friday. So yeah. let's move on. We see Friday. Friday is going to be Memphis. Memphis, Jaw's back. They're 4-0 since Jaw came back. He's had two game winners. Uh, obviously, the electricity, the the energy with the Grizzlies is night and day right oh, now. Yeah. Uh, we wanted to see uh, this version of Jaw come out. It's kind of poetic, you know, him getting the game winner uh, his first night back. He hasn't lost a step. It looks like he was uh, very well embraced with his teammates. Obviously, obviously, he's probably been in communication with a lot of them. He's got good relationships with all of them. Um, it's it's a good thing to see. Now, you know, when I brought up on the last show, the 0.4% chance of making the playoffs, uh, that might still be there, but they are it's trending up. upward as well. It's gone it's up. Going the, point up. Four, the point four has definitely gone up. It's gone. I mean, Jaw comes back, they immediately win their next four games. Like that's that's exactly what everyone would have hoped for if you're on if you're on the side of the Grizzlies. And it's probably what everyone that is a diehard Grizzlies fan was expecting right like like he's coming back and he is our best player he's he's gonna he was in the mvp conversation the last couple seasons uh you know off the court stuff aside he is a phenomenal basketball player and immediately comes back averaging right now 28.8 points a game eight Mm. and a half assists Mm. and 5.3 rebounds in four games and all of them wins i mean that is about as impressive as a as a restart as you can possibly ask for for this guy, including those two game winners and especially the very emotional first game back game winner that he hit. Uh, this is spectacular. I, I'm I'm so excited to watch Jaw play basketball. And you know, as much as I uh, I still have belief in Zion and and these two guys, Zion and Jaw, are always going to be linked together in my mind forever because of the way that the draft worked out and and what we're witnessing with Zion and his struggles in New Orleans um some somewhat struggles obviously Ja is is so good dude and he delivers for this team when he's on the court much more than Zion ever has and much more consistently than Zion ever has so you know in in all the lead up and build up to that draft and even in the aftermath with the contracts and all this stuff it may turn out to be remembered as oh yeah people passed on jaw or you know not people but the pelicans passed on jaw and they could have had this guy instead of zion who is you know who knows what what his con- what his career is going to look like what jaws looks like is like if he can keep his fucking head straight and stay you know uh you know in line with with nba protocol as far as conduct he's going to be an all-star perennially and potentially an MVP of this league, right? It just feels like that's who this guy is. He's so electric um, and he's clearly the leader of this team for the Memphis Grizzlies. So I'm, I'm fired up for, for jaw to be back. It makes watching the Grizzlies. We talked a little bit about it, like from the, from the Desmond Bain point of view, I think on our last show, it's like Desmond Bain 
got to be fired up. So he's fired gotta, up. He got to pull jaw aside, be like, thank you, Jesus. Dude. <laughs> yeah, this please is, don't, please keys. don't get suspended again. Right. Like, please don't leave me again type of a deal. Right. Right. Uh, but, uh, yeah, dude, this is great. And I definitely think, you know, in a, in a, in a league now where, you know, the top 10 seeds in either conference has a shot at making the postseason and, and making a deep run. And given what the Lakers did last year, being in a play in uh tournament seed and then making it all the way to the Western conference finals, I still don't think that's in the cards for the Grizzlies, but you cannot rule it out. They're certainly going to, in my opinion, they're certainly going to get into the plan. I think they'll definitely be in a 10 or a nine seed when it all comes down to it. Uh, and I think jaw will push them there and who knows what happens after that. But I still think they, even though they now have jaw back, they're still missing so many pieces, right? No, Steven Adams, right. no Brandon Clark. They got Bismack Biombo in there. Who's fine. But that's a team that I do think if, if we're going to see this massive improvement and the record and they, and they become a little bit more competitive, that's a team that in the next month or two, I would be watching for any sort of moves that they could possibly make, uh, you know, to bring in a big and, and the bigs are tough They're you know, as we, as the Clippers have explored, they're not, Slim they're pickings, not, bro. yeah, they're not that many out there mm -hmm. uh, that you can get. But um, you know, if, if the Clippers, you know, end up not needing Tice, for instance, like that is a, that's a target for the Grizzlies. Um, or if, you know, any of these big men like Vucevic, I don't know, like what, 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 what's the ticket on Vucevic for Chicago? If Chicago is going to eventually do this blow up thing, uh, that could be an interesting play for them. Um, but anyway, that's, that's the next steps. I know we, we want to talk about jaw and how exciting he is. It's been fantastic. Uh, but I just, I still, I think, I think they'll make the plan, but I still think they need to make a move if they're going to do anything uh, in the postseason this year, this year. Well, it's obvious too, that jaw has a chip on his shoulder. I mean, after hitting that game winner, you know, he came back from the, the locker room. You hear him say, I kept the receipts. Like he's out here <laughs> to prove something, which I, I appreciate, you know, yeah. that's the kind of energy that I want from James Harden this year. Like, okay, you guys thought that this wasn't going to work. I'm going to make it fucking work. Right. That's, that's what I want. So as long as it can, can John just tell his pops to stay home on some games, like some yeah. games, can you just not be that guy, dad? It's really <laughs> embarrassing. T it's too much for me, man. Yeah. You saw him dancing the other night, right? Like he's his own character. I don't mm -hmm. know. I don't know. Maybe it's part of the package deal, but I'm well, excited. This might go back to the, uh, what did we call it? We called it the, um, the cardigan curse, the cardigan curse, the mm -hmm. Shannon Sharp. It could go all the way back. This could be the thing uh, that haunts John Morant and T uh, for for the rest of his career. You know, you don't go at Shannon. You don't go at the king unless, if you're going to miss. Right. You better mm -hmm. best not miss if you go at the king. So uh, we'll see if they can shed the cardigan curse at some point. But certainly it's not not looking good right now. It'd be really cool. I hope Shannon's at the Memphis Laker game, if there is one. I don't know if uh, if there's another home game for them this year, but that'll be interesting. Let's stay in the West really fast because I want to bring something up as well. Like we got we got to talk about the Suns right now because you know it came out this week or last week that 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 uh, KD is frustrated. Obviously, you're going to be frustrated uh, with what's going on in Phoenix, and. You know, for a guy that likes to look at body language, his body language is not all there. Like he does, he does look frustrated to me. So uh, they're Booker. obviously what's that? So does Booker. Well, B Booker does too. But like yeah. this, this Booker's is, this frustrated is, is what I'm saying. Booker is definitely frustrated. 
well, we saw we we heard him against Metu the other night after the the yeah. loose ball and Metu didn't get back on defense and you know you want to which which I'd be pissed off too but it was it was going to be a layup no matter I mean I I don't know I don't know maybe sometimes you just don't run back either way they're pissed off because they they were automatically thinking that this is this is this is a sure thing right now this is a sure thing and if we know anything in history we know that these aren't sure things they really aren't when you get these you know three three all-stars together to make this shit work. It's not working because you need the other guys on the team. We brought, we said this, like you can have the three guys, but what about the other nine or 10? And you know, if this ends up being a failure, I mean, are you scared of the Phoenix suns? Are you scared of the sun? I'm not scared of the sun. No. As a Clipper fan, like I, I, on paper again, it was like, Oh shit, this is, this might be something real special. Who's the leader of the team. Right. Who is the vocal leader? Is it you, Book? Because I don't necessarily – I don't think you're that – you know who was the leader of the team, dude? He's playing on the Golden State Warriors right now. His <laughs> name is Chris Paul, yeah. somebody that can hold yourself. They need a point guard, dog. Yep. They need some. They need, I think you said it on the last show. Like, campaign can be in there doing something, and I hate campaign, right? Well, he's in Milwaukee now. They had to get rid of campaign. Right, but I'm saying that, like, who's the vocal leader? Is it you, KD? It's definitely not Bradley Beal. It mm-hmm. should be Devin Booker, but I don't know if he's that guy. And I'm not in the huddle, so I don't know. Yeah. But I can tell with body language that KD does not look, you know, Luca's the worst at body language. Luca <laughs> is the absolute worst. Yeah. But you can tell when KD's frustrated. And KD's putting up great numbers. Yeah. You know? But it's just not enough. You need nine other guys, man. So what's your take on Phoenix right now? Well, as much as you need the nine other guys, you need the three, right? Like, that's Facts. the biggest biggest part of this whole thing is you know bradley beal's injury history luck thus far is about as bad as it gets right he comes back and rolls his ankle immediately uh on a and on a freak kind of play i mean what you know steps steps weird and there goes the ankle and now he's out for another while so the if you do go all in on the on the big three regardless of how stout or not your bench is you need the big three in order to make any sort of you know impact and it's been really interesting watching kevin durant kind of chase what he left in Golden State. Everywhere he's gone now, he's he's trying to rebuild in his own way and do it on his, quote-unquote, on his own as far as, like, organizing another big three that that he was a part of and, and the one that he left. It's like he left, but then now he, he misses it, right, or wants to do it on his own for some reason. And each and every time that he's tried this, it has not worked because of injury. I would say just mostly out, outright injury, between him and Kyrie, and and then Harden was was there for a quick minute and then gone, uh, and then you know now this whole thing here in Phoenix, initially it was Chris Paul and Booker and and KD, and now it's Beal and Booker and KD, and right now it just feels a lot like that that last series for the Suns against the Nuggets where Book and Kevin Durant can be incredible, they can be spectacular, they can do everything and try to defend and score and and average 80 points as a duo but then this is where the the nine really the rest of those guys come into play here if if brad beal is not going to be available and this is going to be what it's like this is where phoenix will live phoenix will live in this you know seven through ten seed and that's where their season will go and maybe they can do something spectacular in the in the postseason because they do have two you know huge incredibly talented uh basketball players in booker and kd but the, the, the key for this is we just we, we have to see what Brad Beal can do on this squad. And it just doesn't look 
like he's going to be able to do that. It's going to be another, you know, like going back to the thing that you just mentioned about James Harden. I think it's fair for new members of a team or teams with new acquisitions to give them 10, 15 games before you judge them. But now we're already 30 games into a season (laughs) and they haven't been able to get their 10 games. So this is just going to prolong any sort of uh, ramp up as we get closer and closer to the end of this, the end of the regular season into the postseason. So their hopes as the, as you know, it was outlined and, and all they gave up for Brad Beal to make this big three, their hopes truthfully, in my opinion, rely on Brad Beal's injuries and Booker and KD, of course. But uh, until we can get the, that 10 game set where they're even able to play or play with each other and, and kind of find where they like the ball and find the, like how they move and where they cut and all this other stuff. Uh, it's just going to be really bad. It's going to look like this a lot. It's going to look and a lot could, like this. Or it could be a disaster, like like, like you're saying, but mm-hmm. like it was for the Clippers, the, those first 10 games. Like, it was awful. Not good. Nobody, nobody, well, that's my point. It's not right. It's not going to be immediate, even right. when he's back. So whatever, wherever they think they can be, they got to get through that first 10 or 15 games of that, that growing pains in order to get to that kind of roughly finished you know, not polished product that they can work on polishing, but you need the product out there before you can polish it up. You know what I mean? You can't polish nothing. So uh, it's, it's a really, really shitty scenario. And I kind of wish that Brad didn't have that ankle roll. I was very interested to see how this was going to go. And if Brad was able to provide what they needed and and, and another ball handler and and a better offensive option, a good scorer who can help spread the floor and then provide easier shots for Kevin Durant, and for Devin Booker, especially Book, because Book is great with the ball in his hands, but he's also really good coming off screens. He's also really good playing off the ball and then finding his spots and then getting the ball and taking a shot. So, uh, yeah. But you need somebody that can get him the ball off those screens, That and that's what Chris Paul was so great at. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Here's a question. I mean, history has shown us that Kevin Durant gets – frustrated and wants out a lot of times it's not just james harden okay this has happened with kd a lot is there a world like me looking at this from the outside there is no way kevin durant could ask for a trade right if he's frustrated no way but there's no way right but what if there is why you do you think he cares though like i don't think he cares what people think about him about being i don't think he does but is there a world where KD's like, you know what, shit, if they're going to stay at 500, why is he wasting his time? This ain't working. Who's the next squad that I can go? I mean, this has happened. This is what he's done. Yeah. No, I, you you have a point. Uh, when I say that, no, there's no way that he should ask for a trade, then, I mean, I didn't expect him to do that in Brooklyn where he seemed like he was given carte blanche. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, in, in, in the world today, it wouldn't, I mean, it would surprise me, but it wouldn't be like the most surprising thing I've ever heard of Kevin Durant after this year goes, ah, I'm going to request a trade again. It's like, geez, Louise, man. Uh, but I do think, look, he's got a new owner there who was very excited to bring him in, right? He was, and, and you know, I don't know what, how they would rank Booker and, and Durant, but we'll just call him one and two, however you want to flip them. And and maybe Durant was one because of how excited they were to bring him in. Uh, and they were a little hasty in doing that, too. I think they gave up a lot for Durant, but he is what he is and he's been delivering. I mean, look, he hasn't been he himself has not been injured, uh, you know, for any lengthy period of time while on the Suns and has produced at a very high level doing what Kevin Durant does. Right. Scoring the ball, 16 assists, 
right? He just had 16 assists in a game, which is great. Yeah, huge. Uh, career high in assists. And so, like, he's out there doing his thing. It just it, it doesn't feel like – but, again, I, we, I've been wrong on this in the past, but it just doesn't feel like you would, you would want to go anywhere else, right? And maybe it didn't work here, but, like, let's tweak. Let's continue to tweak this, right? And and more likely to me is that Brad Beal will now be subsequently traded. Although I don't know if his no trade clause carries over, and because Brad Beal was given a no trade clause by mm, the Washington Wizards, so that's a, that's a that's a question mark. I don't know if he has that again now that he's on the Suns. I'm assuming he does if it's in his contract and they absorb the contract. What, it's for in, it's in perpetuity, like it's forever. Like no, it's I don't during know the terms really of works. the contract. It's whatever the four or five years it is. So that's what well, I'm saying. I think, like, I think if you're the Suns, you gave up nothing for him, right? right. So if, if I mean for well, Shaman Chris and Paul. CP, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shaman and CP. Um, I mean, it seems like if you can get something in return for Bradley Beal, I don't know. It's kind of like the same Zach Levine thing, right? We know this guy can get buckets. Mm-hmm. There are injuries. Uh, he's had an injury. You know, he gets injuries all the freaking time. We know he can score, but like, look, the window's thin for KD as well, too. We said this when when uh when he got traded there. Like, is this is he gonna have to be the best defensive player on that team? And he yes. is. Yeah. And he has to be. Yep. And then when you when you're uh, uh, you know giving up all that energy on that, how do you get thirty points a game, thirty two points a game, and then have to be the best defensive player? I mean, Kawhi can do that shit, but look what they did to did to Kawhi. Mm-hmm. You know, you're gonna end up getting hurt. And and KD ain't ain't the most durable dude in the world either. Mm-hmm. So I just look. I while I don't see KD asking for a trade, I'm seeing it right now that he's obviously frustrated. And if things continue to go downhill, he's going to place the blames elsewhere, right? Yeah. And it and it cannot be on upper management because upper management leveraged everything to get you there and to get you the players that you need, right? Yeah. So uh, you kind of bring this on yourself, man. That's yeah. all I'm kind of saying. Yeah, I think if the Suns I, – I wonder if the Suns could do it again if they would maybe rethink the Brad Beal thing. Not not to say that there's nothing really against Brad Beal. He's injured, right? right. Like it, it's not his fault necessarily that this happened. The back problem, now the ankle thing. Like it, it sucks, and this is what happens sometimes. But you know, if in fact he's able to return to the court in a couple weeks, and then it's still not good, I'm sure there will be a lot of regret on giving away Chris and then not getting really what you need in return, which is a more truthfully like a point guard in my head like i still think like the sh- the sign and trade should have been with uh fred van vliet with toronto i still think that would have been the the best way to get what you want you get a scoring point guard a guy who can shoot it but but is also a facilitator like a legit point guard uh and can feed book and can feed kevin durant and is relatively durable uh, you know fred van vliet's still playing right like he's he, he doesn't have a whole lot of injury history like unlike brad beal who has uh, you know a bunch of injuries in his past. So it's not like this is the most shocking thing that Brad is injured. And I do think that that uh, unfortunate bad luck gets attributed to, to certain guys because they just like Chandler Parsons, really good player, just could not ever get healthy, right? Just one of those guys who just couldn't quite ever get healthy. And then when he came back, he was dog shit. So, like, I, I'm not saying that that's going to be the case for Brad Beal, but it is one of those things that was foreseeable, right? It wasn't like out of the blue. Oh shit! I guess Brad Beal's not going to be able to play because he has an injury again. So, I, I'm, I'm going to be curious to see like more than Durant or Booker moving. Like, I don't think either of those guys are going to go anywhere in Phoenix. The rest, you know, it's a roll of the dice. 
But they don't they don't scare you, right? They don't like they don't scare me. No, I mean Booker and Durant scare me, of course. Yeah. Uh and those on any given night, those two guys can beat whoever they face. But in a seven game series, which is mm-hmm. what this is all about, no, you're not scared. No one should be scared of the Phoenix Suns in a seven game series. And I, I guess I, I'm saying that because when all of this happened, I'm like, oh shit, this is really scary, right? And it's just right. it's just not right now. And maybe it could be again. On the other side of it, Beal can come back and it works. And you're like, oh, shit. There it is. is, is, Yeah. (laughs) This is working really well. But again, who's going to be your point guard? Is Bradley Beal going to be the guy that brings up the the rock? Is Who's going to sacrifice? Because if if Beal's going to be in the game, Beal needs to take shots. You know what I'm saying? Like, Well, and you don't want Kevin Durant, as as nice as it is that he got 16 assists, he needs to be shooting, right? He needs to be the one that's making the shots, right. not the one getting 16 assists, right? Mm-hmm. So that shows that he's the one that's having to facilitate, and that's not his strong suit. While he still can do it, and he's obviously an unselfish guy, that's not what you want. You want him taking the shots, not not you know assisting the shots. But you know, all honestly, like all all due respect, KD and Book, man, they're still putting in their work, and and they're trying to hold people accountable. Uh, and we'll see, we'll see if there's a, some buy-in. Uh, and we'll see if Brad Beal can can get right. And Book still has a problem with Luca. <laughs> oh well, good. The great, that's the greatest. That's good. Rivalry. I think Booker just has a. He just doesn't. He's not a very friendly guy. I, he just not, feels like he's, he's not, not. I thought I was the only one that saw that. Like I, I love I, it. I, I, oh no, I love it. I love it. I, he's he gets into it with everybody. I absolutely love it. You know, we were talking about it. Him and Cam Reddish going head to head. He doesn't. It doesn't matter. Like he, right. he almost has a little bit of that Kobe Mike in him. It's like now, fuck you, whoever mm-hmm. is on the other side. I hate you. You're a piece of shit. Yeah. And that's how kind of how he plays. <laughs> well, you know, Luca and T Man have beef that stem years back too. And like they even for the first time ever showed some love the other night to each other after the game. A lot of smile. I mean, they're both competitors. They're highly competitive. Yeah, and I'm all about that. So uh, we got to bring up the monumental the monumental record that was set this week, Drew, and we don't have to spend a lot of time on it, but something needs to be said about the Detroit Pistons. Okay. (laughs) The 27 in a row is shocking. Okay. Now we know this team is bad. We know they're there every single NBA season. There is a team that is horrible, whether it was Houston or San Antonio or Detroit, or if we go back a couple decades, I lived through it guys. I, I saw the Clippers lose oh go zero and sixteen and we find when we finally won uh, our first game we got called on the Tonight Show Jay Leno dropped fucking confetti for us I remember being there I went to it because I I went to Monday Night Raw too with Maurice Taylor and Lorenzo Wright we went to we went to uh, the Tonight Show where Jay because he would pick on us every single night they called us I mean I didn't go up on the show the players did and they dropped confetti. And I just remember being like, they are throwing salt at it. Like, this is a mockery. They're making fun of us, <laughs> you know, while celebrating that we finally won. Yeah. They were mocking us. So yeah. I remember, I know what it's like. But look, my question is this. You can be a bad NBA team. There's a lot of bad NBA teams in there right now. Right now, there's not a, there's a, there's like six teams that are just awful. Yeah, yeah. But at what point, like, how are you that bad that you can't get one dub? Right. Like one, you can't just come together all together one day and be like, you know what? After the 11th drew, 
be like, all right, team meeting, y'all. Uh, <laughs> this shit ain't working. All right, <laughs> you know we're you got, way past. We're way past the eleventh. They've lost twenty seven in a row. I'm saying at the eleven point, this is where Beef Stew stands up and says, "Look at look, motherfuckers." I'm gonna start I'm punching you all people. if we if you don't. If you, I'm fighting each and every one of you if we don't win this game. Or I'm I'm fucking taking out Luca tonight, or I'm taking out DeRozan tonight, or I'm taking out somebody tonight, and we are gonna win this game. Right, right. I just don't I don't understand how collectively I, you can be young again. You can yeah. be young and be an awful team, but how can you not come together and and pull one one victory uh, out of this? Are you that bad? Um, they are. <laughs> I know they I know they are Drew, but are we've never seen a team so bad that no, they No, I mean especially in in an NBA where there's scheduled losses where they're playing at times guys are resting, you know, like they're, you know, they're not they're not facing the full, you know, brunt Utah, of Utah, the Utah team. game, they had nobody playing. Yeah. Nobody. Yeah. It's uh it's crazy. They're going to get it. This is the thing is they're going to get it. They're going to get it. Will they? Win. Will oh, yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. No, they definitely will cuz cuz it will be one of these things where randomly one team will just give up that night, right? It'll it'll happen. Some team that they play will just go. Not nah, we don't give a shit. We don't care anymore. Nobody's here. The, the fucking stands are. It feels like we're back but in the bubble. Now nobody drew. Now nobody wants to be the one team that they finally beat. So that's not a, that's fair. Most of, the, most of the time, people are uh you know underprepared when they play you, right? Because like these guys aren't that good. So like we don't maybe we don't we're not going to go so hard at shoot around or practice today. Now these guys are like, oh no, we're we're not going to be the team. That loses. Well, and I think now every time that that somebody's playing them, they're someone's thinking they're going to have a career night, right? So like whoever's coming to town that night, you know, let's just say it's OKC. You know, Shea Gilgis is going like I'm going for fifty, right? Uh-huh. You know, or or you know he might even not even play, and and the next guy up, Chet's going, I'm going to go for thirty, right? Like it's just one of those you know those moments where they're going to get up for a different reason. They're getting up because they they want to get their stats up, and they want to get out there and and uh, you know set their own personal best. So you're right. It, it's going to be not easy because they're not good and they don't have any desire to win and they're getting unlucky, right? Because there has been a couple games during this 27 point. It's not like they've been blown out 20 points every single right. one of these 27 point lo- or 27 uh, losses that they've had. Uh, but just like the luck has gone against them, there's going to be one. I'm not saying it's many. There's not. It's not going to be many. They may end the season with 10 wins. You know, it could be one of those 10 and 72, like the inverse Chicago Bulls. Uh, <laughs> it could very well be one of those types of seasons for them, but it will come to an end. And then they, the, guess what? As soon as it does, the next losing streak will start. Cause I don't think they're going to get on a roll and win like, you know, two or three in a row at any point in time in the season. But there is, you know, look as bad as they've been, Cade, Cade Cunningham's dropped 40 twice in one of these games. And I just think there's going to be, there's going to be something that happens where, whether that means Cade goes for 60 and they win by three, uh, but something will happen. That gets them into the uh, into the winners column once again, uh, at least for a moment. But this is it's historic. It's historic. I mean, uh, we we have Mid- Midwest Max, our our boy, lives in Detroit. Went to the Laker game in Detroit. Uh, got to see LeBron James play his first ever uh, game, you know, live watching LeBron. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was the whole time he was fucking nervous that LeBron wasn't going to play. Because he bought the tickets to go see LeBron, and then like, well, why wouldn't why would LeBron play? And like, right. lo and behold, Lakers played him, and we we won the game. But uh, it's just one of those things where the Detroit Pistons fans now are so depleted that they've stopped going to the games. That's not true. And, You're wrong. No, no, no. That. And then they go if they do go, they go to watch whoever else is there. They're going to watch who's playing against them. 
I was going to bring this up though, because the fans are still filling the seats. Like they're still going. Well, because the, appreciate the tickets are like $2. That too. They're free. They are free tickets. And people, <laughs> people, people hey, dude, again, I, I keep going back to my Clipper days, dude. There are days I couldn't give away tickets, you know. But when Mike came to Town Dog, I mean, it, it was a thing. So I get it. Um, I'm just the the question in my head is like how how has this gotten so far out of control? And Monty yeah. Williams is a great coach, and like, are they just not bought in, or are you not that good of a coach? Like, how can you not string together one victory? So I'm rooting for the Pistons. I want the Pistons to win. I want them to win one freaking game, and I want them to be treated like my Clippers were treated because this is absolutely pathetic. Like, yeah. cry me a river. Win not a game, good. Detroit. Drew, you got a uh, final thought for me? I do. Uh, we're we're, we're going to stick on the streaks topic because we saw a very important streak end very recently. This Detroit Pistons streak still going on. Who knows when that's going to end? Hopefully it won't be 268 losses in a row because that's the streak that did just end. Steph Curry, unfortunately, as the Warrior season has been also quite disappointing thus far, mm. his streak of consecutive games with one three-pointer made ends at 268 games something we probably won't ever see again i just can't imagine another guy doing that very recently i mean look it, it may happen because the number of threes that that people are shooting you know it, it's possible but like the next the next guy on the list i can't remember who it is right now i i lost my notes but the next guy on the list is is so far behind. I think it was like 31 was like the next number on the list from 268 to 31. Yeah. Uh, and it's Clay like Thompson. Ricky Davis, watch. Like yeah, right. Like yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Isaiah Thomas, the 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 little one. Boston year. Um, but yeah, I I just I wanted to give Steph a shout out. Like I know that he missed. It was like he was like 0 for 10, and I think in the when the game that. He didn't uh, the, continue the streak. I honestly thought it was going to go forever. I thought he, I thought that streak might go until the end of his career because he is so good and he gets eight threes a game. Like, why wouldn't he make one of those? <laughs> uh, and unfortunately, it was just one of those nights where it just was not happening for them, as has been a nice kind of uh, you know parallel with the Warrior season. It's just not there right now for them. So, uh, I just wanted to bring that to attention. I don't. I don't know the next time we're going to see a guy reach 200 uh, consecutive games with a made three. Uh, nevertheless, 268. Uh, but big big shout out to Steph. Um, still, I arguably the greatest offensive player we've ever seen. Certainly the best uh, offensive six three guy that we've ever seen, and and we can have that debate too. Uh, but uh, there's no I debate. I don't think there can be much of a debate. He is the best six foot three scorer we've ever seen. Uh, and it's just incredible. And I, I hopefully this kind of, I mean, it, it ended up, that's the streak, but it, this is what brought me to the Laurie marketing thing. And I'll close with this and giving you a little two point, two pronged, uh, final thought it, the warriors lack of success has led me to that Laurie marketing trade that I talked about being the unicorn for the Lakers. It is a real possibility for the warriors to make this trade. And it, it looks a lot nicer for the Utah jazz. Uh, as, as opposed to what the Lakers would have to offer for Laurie Markkinen. I did it in the trade machine, and uh, I also proposed this trade to, to Crompton, our boy Crompton. And it is Laurie Markkinen and Kelly Olenek for Wiggins and Kaminga. Straight up, that works. And I think that would change things a lot for the Warriors, for the better. 
you're still going to have Draymond Green in the mix, obviously. That's that's what you want. Uh, so Draymond's position is not compromised there. But you get two things. You get a big – and, you know, we, we can play around with who's included in the in the deal. If you want to include John Collins, then you can throw in, you know, Dario Saric, right, instead instead of Olenek. If you want Collins and Markkinen, fine. There's, there's other ways to make that work. But I do think the Warriors now – it's trade season. So for, for all the people that are still listening, this is what we do in trade season. It's it's rumors galore. It's trying to come up with these great trades that can change the, the, the trajectory of these teams. And this is one that I desperately think the Warriors should want to do. Uh, Laurie Markkinen is, is, would be perfect for them. He's a knockdown shooter. He's a seven-footer. He can play alongside Draymond Green, no problem. He can play along Kevon Looney, no problem. He'll be able to play with Steph and Clay and the rest of those guys. Uh, and and you get uh, another shooter, and you get bigger, which they desperately need more size, more rebounding on that team too. Um, so that's an interesting one, but that's my final thought. What do you think of that trade? Crompton loved it, by the way. Crompton mm-hmm. said, uh, let me see here. What did I – his exact words. Hold on. Yeah, the, uh, Compton came back. He said, Wiggins and Kaminga and a first-round pick for Laurie Markinen and Collins. He said he would book that. No problem. So we we get that deal done if uh, if the GM is, is Jeff Crompton right now and, and the Utah Jazz are open to it. Well, he's uh, Crompton, who I think he might – you talk about Steph's streak. I think we've mentioned Jeff Crompton on our show 269 times. So Possibly. he's got a, he's got a streak on this. He's freaking famous because of us. Um, I I think they like Kaminga too much for whatever reason. And yeah. I, I, I – you know, Kaminga just but came out. Laurie said, Markinen, you should like a lot more. Laurie Markinen is a guy that you should like more than Kaminga, who's still young. Right. I, I agree. I I mean, if I'm the Warriors, yeah, I guess I'd do it. I still think there's something there. I mean, Wiggins is a shell of himself right now. And look, they're gonna have to get off some of these contracts anyways, right? Like the writing's on the wall right now. Yeah. They have to make they have to do some things because the Warriors are not a championship team right now. Can we both agree on this? Yeah, yeah. But right now they are not. So yeah. Yep. You got to do something, and if 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 Laurie's on the board, then I think you if you can get him, go for him. But there's also something scary about Kuminga in the back of people's heads, in my head too. It's like shit, dude. This guy is super talented. When this guy figures it out, like people might be in trouble. I think the comments he made about there's nobody in the NBA that can guard me is a little it's a little much, right? I like the confidence. But you see the athleticism, you see that what this this guy has, the intangibles he has, um, and you, you God, and you gotta. Well, I think the window, it. like I think we would have seen it by now if he was going to yeah. be an all star. If he was going to be an all star level level player in the NBA, I think we would have seen it by now. More than just flashes, he has he has plays within games, individual plays that you go, oh, that's awesome, that was mm-hmm. great. I don't know how many guys could do that thing mm-hmm. that he did, which is usually like some sort of spin move dunk or Mm -hmm. like some really awesome transition athleticism that he displays. And then the occasional three or jump shot goes in too, but these are individual plays. These are not consecutive. He doesn't have these things that happen over the course of multiple games or weeks. It's in these moments that you see a very brief flash in the pan. And I think by now we would have, I at least believe that he's not going to be an all-star level player. I also don't think I have, much of a comp for him, for his level of success, if you look at the, his game, right? Uh, his game is pretty much predicated upon fast breaks. So if he's going to be, uh, you know, in, an important integral player, maybe the next best guy that I can remember is like Miles Bridges for the the Hornets, right? And then maybe he can turn himself into like that kind of run and gun 
Miles Bridges, if he gets on a team like the Hornets that just runs up and down, maybe, maybe then he can average 20 points in a game. But that's a maybe. Uh, even on Detroit, I think he would struggle to find minutes on Detroit, the worst team in the NBA. I think he would struggle to find minutes on that team. That's because so, they have 15 forwards on the team. Well, this is my point, though. That it, There's also like more guys like him than he thinks that exists in the NBA. There's a lot of dudes who can run and jump, and there's a lot of dudes who can shoot better than he can, who can dribble better than he can, who have better footwork. You know, like it, it, the list is long of guys that he's worse than, or at least in the same, like the same pool of players that you could pluck from. Uh, so I just, I think, you know, at this point it's, it's, it's time to cut the card. They, they did it with James Wiseman. I think it might be now time to realize that same thing with Kaminga. That's what I was going to bring up. Like they, they cut the cord with Wiseman super early, right? Cause they saw that this wasn't going to work. I think they've been holding on to Kaminga because they do see the value that he does have. Right. So they might be a little scared to do it. I like the trade. If you can get all-star for him, then yeah, maybe you got to do that. It would definitely help step out, step out as well. And you get Wiggins off the books too. And you don't have to be worried about Wiggins anymore. Yeah. But again, like this guy freaking pretty much won you a championship two years ago. You know what I'm saying? This guy was amazing. And then for whatever reason, he's not right now. So, and, but it's, it's, it's the beast. It's the nature of the beast in the NBA. That's what happens. Teams get over you really quick. Well, and players also always, change. Like players don't yeah. maintain things, right? It's yeah. very. It's not like they're the Warriors are just giving up on Wiggins. It's more like mm -hmm. Wiggins has given up on the Warriors. Like he's not playing. He's not playing well at all. And and it's almost a year now. It's almost a full year of this kind of of Wiggins being absent. Like because he was absent, like actually, literally absent for a, a few weeks last season, and then came back and was just has been absent since. Even though he's there. My final thought is two pronged as well, Drew, and they're going to be very short. Okay. But, um, you know, for being two guys who talk basketball um, and watch a lot of basketball, I've brought up Brian Seaman, the uh, Clippers announcer, many times. Oh, yeah. This guy who I, he is growing on me. I, I mean, obviously, I'm a Ralph Lawler guy, but Brian Seaman, dude, let me just talk about the gold that this guy spits, Drew. And I had to. Not only does he have me laughing, but I I'm going to bring up three instances this week that he brought up. First of all, he loves Amir coffee. The coffee uh, loves coffee, Amir coffee. He loves Amir coffee. So Amir coffee this week. First thing, you know, Amir had a fast break dunk and he couldn't wait to get this out. Amir had a fast break dunk. He's like, respect the drip, Amir coffee. And I'm like, I fucking love it. Right. Respect <laughs> the drip. I'm like, throw that on a T-shirt. I hit up my boy clip set. Ernie, I'm like, Ernie, respect the drip, Amir Coffee, t-shirt, print it. I love it. Kawhi has this move where he splits the defense, splits the defense, and goes for a layup, a wide open layup. And he's like, dude, Drew, who says this? He's like, uh, like saloon doors in a spaghetti western, Kawhi Leonard with the bucket. And I'm like, what the hell? is a spaghetti Western. And how do you get saloon doors? Like, that's brilliant. I get what he's trying to say, but like, what the fuck's a spaghetti Western? I love it. You don't um, know spaghetti Westerns. No, I don't know what the hell, what is that? There is a whole litany of old movies that were Italian Westerns, Italian made Western movies that oh. one, I think one or two of them had Clint Eastwood in them. They were Italian made. They call them spaghetti Westerns because uh -huh. They weren't made by you know the United States. That sounds that sounds racist. Either way, I loved <laughs> it. And then this guy, you know, our boy Zub Zubak, 
has been doing so well lately. And he hits, he had a nice little shimmy hook shot. And this dude, Brian Seaman, came out and said, Zual Cinder with the bucket. And I'm like, dude, gold. Hit up Ernie again. <laughs> Zual Cinder, put it on a freaking T-shirt. <laughs> you know my boy Brian Seaman is just sitting there writing these down. But the yeah. amount of coffee, coffee Tons. phrases that he has is yeah. absolutely amazing. Want to give a shout out to Brian Seaman. He's growing on me. Last thing, I'm going to keep this really short. You know I hated the Rock the Baby. I hate the Rock the Baby. Always hated it. I hate when Russell does it. I hate it when anybody does it. I want to personally ask the NBA, can we stop with the too small shit? Right. Can we stop with players doing the fucking too small shit? I'm so over it. And like I saw Jalen Brown do it on Steph a couple nights ago. And I'm like, really, Jalen? Like you're going to do it to, to, to fucking Steph Curry. We're going to do the too little. Like it's one thing when Pat does it because it's like a Pat thing. But all this shit needs to stop. Nobody's too small for you. It's 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 like so disrespectful now yeah. that I just want people to stop it. Do you do you hate it as much as I do? I don't like it, especially because I think the original version of you're too small uh, was supposed to be when you went up a guy against a guy who was bigger than you. And then you like you moved him out of the way or, you you know, you bossed him up a little bit. Then you said. He was too small, even though he is bigger. Now it doesn't seem like there's any context anymore. Steph is like smaller than Jalen Brunson or roughly the same size. And so right. then he does that. Uh, yeah, it's all distorted now. I, th I thought it was kind of original and fun and like cool thing to do when like, uh, just to give you an example, if like Jalen Brunson were to do that to like Luka Doncic, for instance, mm -hmm. even though now, you know, they were on the same team together, they're not anymore. That would be a great time to pull out the too small, right? Luka's 6'8", Jalen Brunson's 6'3". Like that's perfect. But now... It has no meaning. There's no meaning left to it because these guys are doing it on guys that are actually already smaller than them. Right. So it's just now it's just a useless, pointless, another pointless thing. But uh, yeah, it's not high on my list of things that I care for. And how can you get like a technical for barely hanging on the rim as taunting? And when you're <laughs> flashing, you're too small or you put your arms up or something like that. You're getting a tech for taunting. Yeah, I'm over it. And again, dude. Drew, explain it to me. I know a new year is coming. I'm in, I'm a year older. I know I've turned into boomer clips a little bit, but I'm not wrong about this, right? Like I'm over it. No, I, yeah, I think it's run its course. You know, I think it has, I think it's run its course. And I, like I said, I was, I became out on it as soon as the context was gone. Right. So I'm, I'm with you. It like, it just doesn't make any sense anymore. This is the last podcast of 2023, Drew. Shout out to another great year for us. 2024 is on the horizon, and we're looking forward to having another podcast in the new year. I hope everybody has a safe new year. No drinking and driving. Uh, stay safe out there, and we were going to be back soon. So follow through with Clips and Drew, and we're ghosts. You know what it is. You know what it is. You know where you're at. This is the follow